Good morning and welcome to a Saturday, July the 24th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and we are delighted that you've decided to join us today for our continuing study on 2 Peter, Zealous for the Truth. Uh, with that being announced, again, of course, we will, uh, looks like this Tuesday, we'll have J.B. Hickson with us again, Dr. J.B. Hickson, uh, so be sure, sure to tune in for that. Not, not sure what the subject matter will be yet. Uh, we usually play that by ear and, and uh, let the Spirit lead as, as, as he will and direct us in that way. But without further ado, Pastor Chamberlain is here with some good stuff on Second Peter and being zealous for the truth, Pastor. Good morning. Thank you, Curtis. Yes, we're in Second Peter chapter 2. Um, if you will look back for by way of review, you can look at our and listen to our podcast on the 17th of July, and then I won't have to spend so much time on a review. But why should we be zealous for the truth? Well, Second Peter tells us, why? And he talks about uh, the fact that there will be false prophets among you. And uh, in chapter one, he tells you how to be prepared for false prophets. And just so that I can, um, I can hurry along, uh, the one thing you can do more than anything else is just be in the word of God read it, memorize it, um, uh, rightly divide it. And, um, and, and you can, you can, um, defeat apostasy and false prophets in second Peter chapter one, verse five, it says beside this, the things that had gone before, you have grace and peace and, and, um, you have divine power because of your knowledge of him who's called us to glory and virtue. And then in verse four, he says, uh, we've been given precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That doesn't mean you're going to be sinlessly perfect, folks. It just means that once you had Adam's nature, the sin nature, now you are partakers of the divine nature when you get saved. And then in verse five of chapter one, he says, and beside this, and here's the thing I want to emphasize before we get into uh, chapter two. He says, beside this, giving all diligence. That means hang in there, keep on keeping on. It says, add to your faith. And then he says seven things, add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience. I need that. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. And that's seven things you need to add to your faith. And you can do that by reading and heeding the word of God. And he says, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if, if you add these things to uh, your faith and keep abounding in them, uh, then you will obtain the knowledge that you need to combat apostasy. 
we see the apostates were uh, would promote myths, and and they um, and, and uh, they um, mock second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw how they mangled the word of God, and we'll see that in subsequent verses. Um, so uh, let's go to uh, chapter two, and we'll do a real quick review because this is what Peter was getting at in chapter one. He says, but there were false prophets among the people. So false prophets, that's no new thing. You can find them all through the, through the Old Testament. There were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. It's going to happen. This is, this is what uh, Peter is telling you. He, and and then, he de, then he describes them. He says, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Isn't it interesting that Peter would warn about denying the Lord Jesus Christ? Because remember, it was Peter. Peter who did it three times. Peter denied the Lord in, in, in three times. Um uh, yeah, that is uh, quite ironic, isn't it? Yeah. And then he says, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. Wow. You know, the bigger churches most likely are those churches that have the beginnings of apostasy. Um, look at this. Um, Through covetous, they shall with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood of the world uh, of the ungodly. And you'll see this ungodly stuff that happened in Genesis chapter 6, which caused the flood, and it was complete and abject apostasy. It says that every imagination of their mind is only evil continually. The world got that way, but God found one righteous man, had him build an ark, destroyed the world by a flood, and saved eight people alive. Noah, his wife, and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. It says, uh, he spared Noah, the eighth person. He was the preacher of righteousness. And, he, and God brought in a flood upon the world of the ungodly. And, and also, he turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes and condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example to those that after should live ungodly. Do you know what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah? That's where we get the word sodomy. Mm -hmm. They were rife with the sin of homosexuality. And folks, if you don't like that term, then you will not like the word of God. That's what happened in Sodom. And, and that became so complete that God, that God uh, set on fire cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But mm -hmm. verse 7 Second Peter chapter two, it says, and delivered just Lot. That didn't mean the only person. He, he, he delivered Lot's wife also. 
but that means he was just. That means he was saved. That means he was a believer. That means he trusted God. And, and it talks about Lot being vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Yet he didn't leave. No, he had of to his be, own accord. No, God pulled him out, grabbed him by the hand. Why wouldn't he leave of his own accord? Well, because he was so entrenched in the worldly things himself. Ah, so See, he, he had he'd gotten comfortable in the system. He did. And that's what God doesn't want us to do. Uh, that's why he's preparing us and warning us about the apostasy, which was and is and is to come. Make no mistake about it. And it says in verse 8, For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with her unlawful deeds. Then I love verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Make no mistake, the lost will be judged, and it won't be pretty. We talked about that in the last chapters of the book of the Revelation in our previous um, podcast. And then he said, so he's, he's, uh, he knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and he knows how to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. And then he says, but chiefly, do you mean to think to tell me that there's going to be degrees of punishment? I'm thinking so. The Bible indicates that on several occasions. If you'll read on a literary note, Dante's Inferno depicts just that. That's right. Degrees of punishment. And he says, but chiefly them after the uh, who walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Now, I'm not real happy with government. I'm glad for government because God instituted it. And by the way, he instituted so that eventually the Lord Jesus Christ would reign as king for a thousand years. And that's the government that God has promised us. Then he says this, they despise government. It says they're presumptuous, are they? Self-willed, and they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Uh-oh. Yeah, Jesus was married. Yeah, they said that. Yeah. That's speaking evil of dignities. Boy, that is. What's a dignity in this in this context? It's it's a divinity. That's what it is. Okay. Well, what about government? Is that church government or is that government of They despise government of all kinds. Of all kinds. Church government because they don't do things the way scripture says they should do them. And human government, you know, secular government, because of what they obviously do. That's right. They look out for number one, and we're not even number two. Yes. Excuse the pun. uh And by the way, even governments can be terrible. Oh, my goodness, yes. They can. Okay. Our own president wouldn't wouldn't pray, you know, on the National Day of Prayer. What does that tell you? Yeah. And uh, what does it tell you? Uh, when the Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Mm. And if you sow the seeds of socialism, you're going to reap the fruits of communism. And it's happening today. And that's all the farther political I'm going to get. 
Then it says in verse 11, whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not a railing accusation against them before the Lord. Wow. Isn't that something? In the book of Jude, Michael, the archangel, disputed with God over the body of Moses. Disputed with Satan. Satan, excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. With Satan. And by the way, um, Michael won that one. Yeah, he did. He did. So the angels have greater power than Satan does, even though he has great power and he is using it and will use it. Uh, and until the tribulation period when he will declare himself to be God. And that's where apostasy is headed, folks. Then he says, um, the angels would not bring a railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, that is the apostates, as natural brute beasts, made to, made to be taken and destroyed. Whoops, whoops, whoops. You know, folks, be careful what side you're on. Uh, I'm on the Lord's side. I'm, I'm going to hide in, in, in the Lord. It says, they speak evil of things that they understand not. And they shall utterly perish in their own corruption. By the way, I'm not going to do the punishing. I'm going to do the preparing. And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to do what? Riot, Riot in, in the, the daytime. daytime. Are we seeing that in America today? All over the place. No, those are peaceful demonstrations. <laughs> They're riots. We both know it. Spots they are and blemishes. Sporting. <laughs> if, if, there's, there's, if there's anything that's unattractive, it's blemished skin. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. I mean, I grew up as a teenager and I had pimples. I have psoriasis. Okay. Wow. No. Yeah, it gets ugly, doesn't it? Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Spots they are and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Oh, you mean we're eating with these people? <laughs> we're it, socializing with them? That's what he's talking about. Socializing. Fellowshipping with them in our churches. I'll tell you what. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and I'll receive you. We got to be separate from these apostates, and you got to know what they do before you know how to separate yourself from okay, them. Okay, I've got a question here. Ask me anything. If if somebody calls himself a prophet or a prophetess today, that's an apostate. It's apostate. If anybody calls themselves an apostle today, that's an apostate. There are no apostles these days. So the prophecies are complete. Yes. The word of God is complete. Right. It was completed in the first century AD. So, they, um, and then they says in verse 14, having eyes full of adultery. You know, that's not just physical sexual. No. No, no. That's having um, a sort of a, if I may use a synonym, conjugal relationship with unbelievers watch it now that doesn't mean we shouldn't say hi to them that doesn't mean we shouldn't witness to them we should it means you don't run around with them so in, in layman's 
terms. It means casting your gaze maybe upon a certain lifestyle like, uh, oh, the Hollywood rich and elite. Boy, I want that more than anything. I want to be a star. Yeah. yeah. I want to live like, yeah. I want to live the glamorous life. And there's your, that's where your heart is, where you your know, treasure is. Paul had that's that. You know, Apostle Paul had that glamorous life. He was well respected. He went all over uh, trying to get rid of Christians to kill them. Yeah. And, and, and God appeared, or the Lord Jesus Christ appeared, Christ appeared to him, Acts chapter 9, on the road to Damascus, and and uh, the Apostle Paul got there and got saved. And then he was later heard to be said, have said in 1 Corinthians 13, if I have not charity, I am nothing. And folks, without the Lord Jesus Christ, who is charity in the flesh, he's love in the flesh, we don't have Jesus Christ. I hate to tell you, we're nothing. He says this in verse 14 uh, with regard to this adultery. And then it says, beguiling unstable souls. They're trying to fool you. They're trying to fake you out. Ah, oh, Jesus isn't coming again. Ah, you believers have been saying that for centuries. Where's the promise of his coming? Yeah, and and uh, that we'll see that later on in uh, chapter 3 of second peter things are just like they always have been yeah man. and so and so they're beguiling unstable souls and that's why we need to be zealous for the word and be prepared to fight against and refuse and refute uh the apostasy that is here and more of it that's coming and it says and and a heart they have exercised with covetous practices you see, they're uh, in, in earlier on in uh, chapter two, I think it's verse two. It says these people will make merchandise of you. What are they covetous of? Your money. If, if you can be a Your wealth. That's right. If you if if you want to, if you're a slick speaker, uh, and you're not saved, uh, you'll be. And if you're preaching in a church, uh, you're worried about the offerings more than anything else. And then it says, the last two words in verse 14, cursed children. Then in verse 15 says, which have forsaken the right way. In John 14, 6, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you depart from that, you have forsaken the right way. And it says, and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam. I want to read about him in the book of Numbers. Uh, he, he really uh, became an apostate. He was the son of Bosar who loved the wages. There it is again, of unrighteousness. Curtis, you're getting rich off this podcast, aren't you? Incredibly. 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 I'm going to give you a little secret. Curtis... Your, your host gets one penny for every hit we get on the on the platform that's our home platform. Yep, and I plan to withdraw all that stuff in the year 2075. Yeah, <laughs> because it'll take that long before we get to $100. Probably, okay. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, a penny a hit. So, folks, we're not doing this to, 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 to make money. We're not doing this 
uh, for our own uh, aggrandizement. What, what we're doing it for is because the God's told us to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That's what we want to do. And that's what we're doing. And uh, I'm so glad that Curtis started this podcast. So to give me a platform for speaking, I'm 81 years old now. It's hard to get to church sometimes, but I can, I can speak from my dining room table and I got my Bible open and I have a son who's saved on my left hand and my wife who is not just saved, but extremely good in the word of God. Uh, and that's why she married me because she thought I was. Okay. No, no comments on that, guys. Well, I no. What, what comments could there possibly be? Yeah, okay. All of those were. That's right. Now I've threatened. Full of, full I've, of fact. I've threatened him before this started. Okay. Yeah. In verse sixteen, I still listen. Balaam. It says, "But was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. God sent a donkey." to preach the truth to Balaam. And Balaam understood it. He said, these, verse 17, these are wells without water. Clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. forever. These apostates, now this is a promise. I'm telling you from the word of God. They're going to be in the in the pit of darkness forever and ever and ever someday. I wish they'd get saved, but when you look at what they're what they're doing, what their attitude is, I doubt it. For when they speak great spelling, uh, great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh. This is verse eighteen. Through much wantonness, those that are clean escape from them who live in error. So, how do you do that? You avoid their great swelling words. Don't, uh, don't. Believe. By the way, uh, in this, in these uh, podcasts, we rarely give an opinion because I'm afraid to. I have some that I'll keep to myself, but I haven't. Um, I haven't given them to you guys because God's right. And I might be wrong if I stray from this precious and holy word. Let's see. And it says here, uh, verse 19, while they promised them liberty. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Uh, finish, finish that, though. Before you explain, finish that verse, man. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants oh, of corruption. Okay. For of whom a man is overcome, the same as he, he brought in bondage. bondage. Right. So, <coughs> hey, you can be free, free, free. All you got to do is send me, me, me a gift. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and the it Lord will give, set you free, free, free. Liberty is yours for a small price. Yeah. And by the way, now that you're saved, you can do anything you want. That's you just right. have to you just have to change your wanter. Yeah. 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 Liberty. By the way, a wanter. You know what liberty is? 
Liberty is the exact opposite of legalism. Yep, that's right. Legalism says you've got to dress this way. Yeah. You've got to dress this way. If you don't dress this way, uh, you're not sanctified. By the way, Curtis, did you, have you ever worn a tie? Upon occasion. I've worn a tie I because grew, I, I, I went was, to high school with one on every day. <laughs> because you went to a legalistic high school where I taught, by the way, and where I uh, resigned from also. But anyway, legalism, yeah, do this, do that, do that, yeah, do that, and almost none of it is covered by the word of God. Yes, women dress modestly. I'm for that. That's not legalism. That's Bible. Men wear short hair. That's not legalistic. That's Bible. Women, your long hair is for beauty. And, and if a man wear long hair, uh, it's a shame. Now, now that's, that's Bible. But it's not legalism. Legalism causes people to run like anything from it and get as far away from it that they can. And where do they run? Liberty. But folks, while you're free, because you're saved, you're free indeed. You're free to do right and scriptural things. Then it says this in verse 20. For if after they have escaped pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you mean they've heard the gospel? You mean they've, uh, you mean they've been uh, listened to a, a literal, historical, grammatical preacher who's a dispensationalist and, and, they, and they've received some knowledge? And yes, they have. For after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. This does not mean that you could lose your salvation. It means you made a phony, false profession, never intending to keep it. It means if you preach anything other than the gospel, you're not saved. And, and you never were. That's right. And if you run from that, now it's going to be worse from if you'd never oh, known that oh, knowledge. Because verse 20 says, 21 says, For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit. And the sow was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Dogs, hogs, not sheep. The saved people are referred to in the Bible often. My sheep know me. They hear my voice. Mm -hmm. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, and he knows where his sheep are. Uh, and he knows who his sheep are. God knows everything. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent, he's omnipowerful, and he knows everything. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning. And He's he knows whether he saved you or not, and he knows whether you were <laughs> earnest and honest with your profession of faith or not. But once you know that, and once you turn from it willingly, mm -hmm. you're like a hog, which was a dirty beast, I'm telling you. 
you know, the Jews were not even supposed to eat pork. Right. Right. <laughs> now, but, but now we're not under law and taste and pork tastes pretty good. I must admit, but, but that it came from a, a filthy animal mm-hmm. and a dog. I have the best dog <laughs> in, in God's world. You do. It's a Shih Tzu dog named Cuddles. We love Cuddles with a passion. And I have seen Cuddles turn to her own vomit. Oh, yeah. Haven't we seen that? I've seen it when she, that that white bile that she, I've seen her lick it back up again. Yeah. Yeah. Yuck. Understand that. But you're not to be a hog or a dog get saved and and uh, and get sanctified get serving and be sufficient and be ready to combat the errors and the uh, and the folly uh, and the covetousness and the pride of apostasy okay I think that suffices for chapter two, although I'd love to do a whole lot more and could, but uh, there are some time constraints. Let's begin chapter three with verse one. I'll read that. Then we'll take a short break and we'll come back. Chapter three says, this second epistle, beloved, now write I unto you. Of course, the first epistle was, was first Peter. He said, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. How's your memory, folks? Is it spiritual? It better be. But Peter wrote this epistle to stir up your memory to that.